Well, hello and welcome to episode three of the So Driven podcast. In this episode and some of the episodes in the future, you'll find that the recording isn't as clear from my particular side. Why? Because these particular interviews were the first interviews that I'd ever done. I started this whole process of interviewing for this podcast right at the beginning of the COVID-19 quarantine. And as such, wasn't able to get my hands on some great recording equipment. However, even though the quality may not be as good as other episodes, still the content and the value that my guests deliver is fantastic. So with that in mind, I would like to introduce you to my first guest, Dave Moreno. Dave is the badass business coach. If you own a business and are looking to grow it by six figures or more, he is the man you call. He is a serial entrepreneur himself, having grown multiple six and seven bigger businesses before entering the coaching world. His unique organized success approach delivers accountability, structure and focus, which happen to be the three things he believes every entrepreneur needs for next level success. You are listening to the So Driven Podcast with me, your host, Serena Dodd. Each week, we will dive deep into the inner workings of leaders. We will talk about their story, their challenges, their triumphs, and ultimately what drives that quest for success. Wanting to listen to a corporate type of approach to leadership? I'm afraid you're in the wrong place. Here, we like to be raw, a bit silly, progressive, and 100% unconventional. Welcome, everyone. We have Dave Marino here. He is the badass coach. I love saying that in American accent. I know you're not American, you're Canadian, but <laughs> badass coach. Um, That's right. Yeah. So not only is he the badass coach, but he is also my business coach. And um, so I'm very honored and lucky and privileged to be having him here today. So thank you, Dave, for your time. Oh, thank you. This is such an honor. I'm excited to do it. So tell me, how are things going for you at the moment? I know that with the current climate that's been changing all the time, how is business and how has it changed for you over the past few months? Um, so business is great. Business has been incredible. Actually, uh, 2020 has been uh, an amazing year so far for my business, uh, which I know isn't the case in, in many businesses around the world. But one of the key things that I did in my business was early on, really look at what was happening in the world and what pivot I needed to make to know how to not take advantage of the times, but more react to the times, be uh, an opportunist in the times of how do I not only survive through COVID and through all the disruption, but how do I find a way to thrive in there? And for me, a lot of my clients that are on board now at that time were really struggling with how to pivot, how to change, how to grow. Um, so one of my tactics was to come out and tell people I could help them do that, um, help them navigate this as I'm navigating in my own business. And that has been uh, wildly successful for me. And a lot of, a lot of people out there think people don't have money. They're not spending money during, uh, all this disruption. And I can tell you firsthand, that's not true. People are willing to invest in themselves more than ever right now, which is, uh, an amazing thing for someone in the coaching industry. So have you, seen a, have you seen an influx for you or has it just been pretty steady all the way through the year? 
Uh, no, definitely, um, definitely an influx starting in February uh, came up. I had um, I had some exposure in February as well. You know, really getting out there, being on some podcasts, spreading the word about what I do, which has been terrific. But the interesting piece is that the the big influx I had was actually overseas clients, which is a new tact for me. Um, it started to spread around in uh, in Europe and overseas, and my business was previously mostly North American based. So it's been a, a great advantage, but I would say now at least 40% of my clientele are outside of North America, which is a huge swing for me in the last few months. Yeah, you know, I've, we've spoken before about how it's it's kind of gone a, quite a bit more international. And uh, yeah. But having having everything online and now like the whole world's getting online, I suppose it's making it a little bit more accessible for people to understand how easy it is to either create their own business so that they need your help or just be able to yeah. contact you and speak to you. Yeah, I think it's a perfect storm of two things, really. I think that everybody has, if, if you didn't hear about Zoom before February, you certainly know what Zoom is now. And that has just opened people's eyes to what can be done remotely. How many workers are now working remotely? They haven't been in an office. They haven't been in meetings in a, in a boardroom or stuck in a, a boardroom for hours um, for the last few months. And they're realizing you can work differently. You can network, you can educate, you can learn, and you can grow while working online with someone that is huge for our industry. Um, the second thing that's happened that's created this perfect storm of clients is that people have lost their job or have temporarily been suspended from their job because of this. And I think people are awakened to the fact that the only true secure paycheck in the world is the one you create for yourself because you have full control of it. And it's not the one everyone, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Everyone thinks a secure paycheck is the one where you just go to work for someone else and they, they promise to pay you every two weeks or every month or whatever the case. That's not secure. I learned that the hard way in my life. Um, and I now know the only security out there is finding what you're best at and building your own business around that to make as much money as you want to based on the value you're willing to provide in the world. Yeah, I completely agree. And I know you've had several businesses before. And my key question and something that relates heavily to the podcast is what gets you so driven? What is inside you that is so driven? I think at the beginning, it was an unhealthy drive. And I think people need to understand there is there is different types of drive. At the beginning, it was very unhealthy. It was me trying to prove something to other people. You know, I wasn't a great student in school. I never did well. I was always looked down on um, by teachers and that, but I always had the charisma. I always had, you know, the popularity, the friends, that type of thing. And so I, people always said, you know, you're going to be successful. I don't know how you're going to do it. And, you know, you're not good in school, but man, you're going to like take on the world somehow. And so I felt a lot of pressure with that, but not having the grades and not knowing what to do and not enjoying school, I didn't. I didn't see it for myself. So everything I took on, I just had to prove to people, watch, I'll be, I'll be a success. I'll be exactly what you told me I'll be. And so it was very unhealthy because at the beginning, I mean, my first business, I started right out of high school. It grew to a million dollars. We sold it at a seven-figure evaluation within four years of starting it. And that entire drive, while it was a great experience, it almost killed me. I, I, I mean, through that, I was hospitalized twice for passing out for panic attacks, for dizziness. Um, I gained a ton of weight during building that business and it was the wrong drive. I was, I was so driven 
in the wrong way because everything else suffered. Um, I was in the middle of, you know, I was engaged and about to get married and it was really affecting my relationship through that. Um, because all I wanted to do was build the business. And I thought if I just focus, if I just stay there 18 hours a day, if I just give everything, there was a, a Christmas Eve that someone at our business was sick. And so we were a 24 hour business. So instead of calling someone else, because I thought I'm a leader, I went in and I worked Christmas Eve. And that was the first Christmas that my wife and I were together in our home. And so I missed Christmas morning, which is a big deal to us because I wanted to be there because I thought I have to be there. I have to be the one who shows up and does things. And so it was a, um, a very driven time in my life, but I learned way more from that driven experience that led me to do future businesses the, the right way, which is much better. Obviously, we're financially successful, but did you feel successful? You'd obviously come from school where you really sort of struggled. And I had, it sounds very similar. I had that sort of sort of same academic struggle. And yeah. um, did you find that, you know, even though you were running like a seven figure business, did you feel success aside from like the financial side? Did you feel like you were achieving what you wanted to achieve? No. So I felt, I felt like, uh, I felt like the money was there. So we had the money but I felt empty and I felt unfulfilled. And I felt, I felt this, if this is what success feels like, why do people go after it? I don't understand. This doesn't feel good. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dizzy and I'm tired and I'm drained and I have no energy. And man, if this is what success is, I don't know if I want it. And I questioned that so many times, but then you would have the financial freedom to do whatever you want. We could travel, we could buy a house, we could buy a car. I mean, I had things in my early twenties that most people may not have their entire life. And so that part from the outside, everyone started talking about how successful I was and they could see it. And so that felt fulfilling to me, but only like 10% of my tank got fulfilled there. Mm -hmm. And then the rest was just empty because I'm sitting alone in an office working my butt off and, and not seeing my family and, and, and putting everything into what I could do and thinking that's what I had to do. Like I, I'm in my early 20s, this is where I am. If I had to do this for 40 more years, like I'm not going to make it. And so I didn't feel, I felt what I thought was success money coming in, but I didn't feel what I now know is success. What do you think changed for you? Was um, it being hospitalized or was it, was it something a little No, what, what actually changed is we sold the business um, to one of our clients. One of our clients came in, they were a big client, they're a multi-billion dollar insurance company. They came in um, and they bought the business from us and they said, look, we we're they were from Europe and they said we're we're not in North America we don't want to be there we just want you to run the business for us but we'll buy it and you don't have to worry about anything anymore you can just run the business and uh, you don't have to worry about payroll about rent about growth about capital nothing and I thought that sounds like a dream I'm actually going to feel successful now so I sold the business and started working for them and what changed for me is I realized in that time I worked for them for just over two years my contract was for three years. I worked for them for just over two years and it, it just clicked for me that I don't want to work for someone else. It doesn't work for me. And I thought that's what I wanted after building a business is to work for someone. And while I could lead, there was no way I could achieve the things I wanted to achieve by working for someone else. And so in that moment, I decided, you know, and I was naive at that time because I thought, okay, this is a business that I owned that someone else took over. So this is probably why. Um, I don't like it because I'm watching them change things that I built. And so what I know now, though, is that the feeling was working for someone else, having someone else 
tell me what to do, where to be, what to hold back with, what to push forward with. When I didn't see that it made sense, it just, it really affected me to the point where that's what launched me into a career of entrepreneurship and not just staying in a job for the rest of my life. Yeah, was that the only time you'd ever sort of been, I suppose, officially employed? No, no. So what happened was um, after that, I, I left, uh, I decided to leave and I was going to uh, start another business. And one of my other clients called me and um, invited me down to Florida. They sent a plane ticket. They set up a hotel, everything. They said, come down. We just want to talk to you. And so I came down. This is before I announced I was leaving. And they sat me in this massive boardroom with their full uh, board of directors and basically said, how much money would it take for you to move down here and build a business like you built up, up north for us down here? And my wife was nine months pregnant. I decided to leave my job. I had my new plan all figured out. And there's this lure for, you know, a 23-year-old kid. There's this lure to move to Florida from Canada where it's about to be very cold. This was December in Canada and I don't look forward to winters. And someone here in Florida on the beach is saying, we have a corporate condo. We have a beautiful office. We'll set up your whole family. You can live on the beach and you can build a business for us. And it was too good to pass up. So I flew home. My wife had the baby two weeks or four days after the baby was born. We flew to Florida. Two weeks later, we moved to Florida. Um, and here we are with our first kid living in a city where we know nobody, a country where we're so far away from our family. Um, and I'm doing it again. I am, my wife is now alone with the baby at home and I'm at work 14, 16 hours a day trying to build a new business from scratch. So that lasted, that lasted nine months. I got the business up and running. I had a year contract to do it. I got the business up and running in eight months. And by the end of the eighth month, we decided we're moving back home. We can't do this. My wife was spending more time on planes going back home to spend time with her family because I was never home. And we thought, you know, if, if this marriage is going to work, if this family is going to work, this can't be the life we live. So flew back home and then went into um, another opportunity where I structured things differently from then on out. I wanted to partner or be part of um, the team that leads the organization or develops it or owns it. I can't be an employee for them anymore. And so that's, that's where I realized things had to change for me. And in terms of how many businesses have you owned over your lifespan so far? Um, the coaching business is my six. And so uh, the coaching business, my, my favorite number is six. I was born on the sixth of a month. Um, it is my lucky number. And so this is, you know, what I foresee at this point in my life right now, this is it. This is my favorite business. This is the uh, quickest growing business. Mm -hmm. um, and it is the most profitable business I've ever uh, been in. And I don't see any end in sight for it. When did you go from that transition from doing what you were doing before, which I believe was um, you were doing, well, one of your businesses was uh, you had a gym at some point. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. The gym was a business. Uh, I was in medical research, so heart and stroke and blood research um, laboratories. And then I was in uh, the automotive sector for about eight or nine years um, doing service based in automotive. So there was many different facets. There are always service based businesses. We never sold products. We always sold services. Um, and that's a business I really understood because customer service is the absolute utmost in that. You can't sell if you don't serve your customers and provide value. So I was raised in the service business, but it was um, definitely the transition for me was I, I got healthy, lost the weight, became really happy of what I was doing. I opened the gym to help other people. 
um, the gym grew successfully. And I went into coaching because I found my clients at the gym needed way more than just me counting push-ups or pushing them to run faster. They needed the reason they they weren't fit. The reason they wanted to lose weight was ninety percent mental. And I found myself having more conversations with them than helping them get fit uh, or helping them work out. So uh, I went through my coaching certification to help my gym business. But once I got into the coaching, I just fell in love with it and found that is way more powerful than what I was doing in the personal training space. Yeah. So all your, all your businesses, really, even though they're in the service industry, it's a real spectrum of, yes. uh, of um, services that you've provided over the years. Did yeah. you know what you wanted to be when you were at school? I wanted to be a lawyer. That was my, that was my top job. And the funny thing is, all going through school, I decided very young, I think it was grade, oh man, it must have been grade six or grade seven, I decided I wanted to be a lawyer. And, you know, it was the slick hair, the suits, the money, the cars, the watches, all the things that it represented. And I remember we had this old computer program that you would go on and you would type in, you would take a, you know, a five question aptitude test and it would tell you what you're best suited to be. It was like a career program. And I filled it all in and it came back lawyer. And I was like, perfect. I love this. And then it said, here are things you should know about being a lawyer. And I remember at the moment reading the most critical factors of being a lawyer. Um, it will take a lot of time away from your family. You will work very hard, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day or longer. And um, you will spend so much time of your life in at work, but you will build a really successful worth that you can enjoy your retirement. And I remember reading that and going, oh, I don't want that. I want balance. I want to be home with my family more. I want to spend time with them. I want to be active with my kids. I want to do all that stuff. And this is like when I was in grade nine, probably I read this. And then I decided at that point, okay, I'm not going to be a lawyer. But the funny thing is, I did everything it said on the list that a lawyer would have to do. I did to, to build business. And so I, I ended up living that life and finding out, okay, I was right. I don't want that life. And that's, that's what led me to what would give me more freedom. Um, and I tell you, the most freedom you can ever create for yourself is to be an entrepreneur. Because the thing that drives me nuts about entrepreneurship out there in the world is people say things, and I'm sure people on your podcast have heard it, I'd rather work 80 hours for myself than 40 hours for someone else. Or being an entrepreneur means you got to work 18 hours a day. It kills me because that's not true. Being an entrepreneur means you can choose exactly how much you want to work and how much you don't. And you can also choose how much money you make and how much you don't by, by looking at how much value you can provide. How good are you at what you do? How efficient are you at it? How much value are you providing? And how much money are your clients willing to pay for that? And that gets to determine how hard you work. Not... People start with how many hours they have to put in and then figure out what they can do. Start with what you can do and then figure out what is the least amount of hours I need to put in in order to achieve that goal. And it becomes so much easier. Like if I, if I told people I work three days a week and I make 10 times what I used to make working 16 hour days, it would blow their mind. Yeah, I think that's, that comes from, I suppose, like we've spoken about, from the confidence and the organization yeah. and the belief. Yeah. And um, just let's focus on your coaching business. I think for a lot of people, definitely for a lot of people that I coach and a lot of the listeners that are listening to this, who are starting their business, it would just be interesting to understand how you started this particular sure. coaching business. Now, I know you've obviously got a, a series of different ways that you know how to start a business. How was this different? How was this unique? And how is it 
become the success that you have made it into yeah. today? Is it four years on? Yeah, we're coming on to our fourth year now. Okay. And so um, what, what the difference is or what, what my identity was in this was really to, um, when I entered the coaching business, it was to enter it as a business. I entered a lot of businesses as a hobby, as a side hustle, as an idea to see if it would work. And when I went into the coaching business, there was something different. I decided right away, this is going to work. I don't know how. And I was willing to give up the how, which is so important for entrepreneurs. I was willing to give up the how of trying to understand everything that would happen to make it successful. And I just knew if I showed up and I did the work, it would be successful. Now, that means being willing to do that for as long as it takes. So I did that in year one and year two. Um, you know, my business was small. I was making 8,000 year one, 10,000 to 12,000 year two. And in those two years, I kept forgetting my rules. I kept wanting to dive into, you know, this is going to fail into the wrong, the wrong thoughts about my business. And that would, that would lead me to not take action. If you think something's going to fail, you don't show up and take action. You you're busy. Trust me, you put in the hours, but you're not taking the right action. And so I would change who I work with. I would change my website. I would change my, my name. I never used my name. In my first two years, I never used my name in my business. I was so used to brand names and building businesses that weren't about me. They were about a service that we provide. And so I thought my business had to be about a service. It had to have a really catchy name. And that, so my picture, my name was never on my business for the first two years. And what... And that led to 8,000 in revenue and 10,000 in revenue. Like, like little crumbs would come into my business and that's it. And it would all be by what I said at that time, by luck or by chance. Um, and what happened was my coaching business in the first two years was still um, a side hustle, right? It was still, I still kept my full-time work that I was doing. At that point, the medical business that I went into was sold. Uh, we grew it and sold it, which is, you know, what my MO always was. We would grow a business, we would sell it. And I would stay on in that business for a year or two. Um, I was in that business staying on for a year or two. I started the coaching thing as a side to say, okay, when I'm done, because I know I'm going to be done with this business. I don't like staying more than a year or two. I don't like working for other people. So I started this, the coaching business. So I had revenue coming in. So I wasn't under pressure. And what changed for me was the day I decided to go all in on my business and just say enough's enough. I need to push it through. Um, at that point, I, I, I found it very difficult to transition, but I did it successfully. And what happened was I went into my business and I said, I'm going to make decisions and I'm going to stick with them consistently and I'm not going to change my mind on them. I developed a foundation for how I want to build this coaching business. I stuck with it. I signed the contract with myself like I would treat any other client or business if I was going in and I started it. And that is what catapulted me because I stopped chasing money and I started chasing value, which was huge. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a money goal in mind. I wanted to make money, but I said, I'm just going to start providing a crap ton of value because for the last two years, I've chased money and money has not come. So what if I just provide value, show up places, give free content, talk to people, share with them all the secrets I know and don't charge them a penny. And if they want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, I will charge them money. But otherwise, I'm just going to share my knowledge with the world and show up places because the real, what I realized at that point was the real benefit of working with me was me. 
It wasn't the knowledge I had. It was me directing you, me working with you, my energy, my experience coming through when I work with a client. So I totally changed my business. I made it about me. I changed it to my name. I got my website as my name. I started a podcast with my name. I did all of these things that totally changed how I was showing up. And I went all in on me, on my name, on my image, on everything I did. And my business went, it was 8,000 and then 12,000 year two, which was failing. And then year three, I hit 180,000 in that one year. And then year four that we're in right now, we're scheduled to do 600,000 and we're about to enter our first million dollar year uh, next month, which will be amazing. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And it's the, it's the fastest growing business I've ever been in. It's grown faster than anything else since I went full time into it. The, the, the growth has been incredible. And you know, this business is 100% me. I mean, I have, I have people that certainly work in the business and help me with things, but I get to control everything. I get to decide what we do. I get to create a schedule. I get to work with my clients every day. And it's, it's all because I want to do it, not because I feel I have to do it. Do you know what I think is really interesting? I mean, Susie Moore, who's, who has been on podcasts, she talks a lot about how important it is to use your name. I mean, prior to, prior to me going into the coaching world, I mean, I had a Facebook page. I didn't even have my name on it. It was my nickname. So <laughs> I had to kind of change my whole sort of outlook on yeah. kind of just being me. But for you, when you changed that and you went all in, I mean, you have, how many kids did you have at that point? Uh, I had, when I went all in on that, we, okay. So we had three kids and the day I decided to go all in, we found out my wife was pregnant with our fourth that same day after I decided I was going all in. So the pressure was really on. What was that trigger that said right now something needs to change? Um, I was so, so unhappy where I was. Um, and it was pretty obvious. I was starting to show up as that person. My wife remembered my wife knows me better than anybody and she knows my triggers and she's like my barometer. She will easily know when I'm in the wrong place, when I'm doing the wrong things. And so for her, the trigger for me was that she realized and, and witnessed and saw I was turning into that person again. I was working way too hard. I was going after the wrong things. I wasn't happy. I was, wasn't showing up for the kids right. I was easily agitated. I was stressed. I was angry. I was Um, you know, I wasn't in the right place and she knew that. And when she said that, I said, okay, I have to, this is my third or fourth time getting here. Something has to change. I need to do it differently because if every time I hit the next level of success, this happens, there has to be a way to find success without this stress, without this frustration, without this backlash. Mm -hmm. And so the difference was I changed my model of success, what success meant. Because my success before was build a business, sell it for a lot of money, make sure everybody knows and, and put money in the bank kind of thing. The funny thing is, as much money as I was making, I was also spending. And so when you, I mean, it felt really odd because for outside people to look at me and go, oh, he's so successful, my bank account was always empty. Like I didn't have cash sitting there. I didn't, people would think, oh my gosh, you must, you know, you own your house, you must do this, you must do that. And it was like, no. I have a credit card that I can't even pay right now. And I have no money in the bank. Oh yeah. And it was because I would spend it as fast as I would get it. And it's because I wanted to look more successful than I was. Because if I looked more successful than I was, I think that was the most beneficial thing for me at the time. Because I wanted people to see how successful I was. 
So I spent money to look successful more than I was. Even though if I just spent what I actually made, I would be fine. I would look successful. I wanted more. I wanted bigger cars. I wanted bigger houses, all this stuff to look more successful. Now I realize, you know what's really successful? Having the freedom to do whatever you want. Storing your cash, having capital available, investing in things that will grow your business. That totally changed everything for me to where now I lead my business in a way that success is measured completely differently than how much money we make. Mm -hmm. Like money is a scoreboard. Absolutely. It's a scoreboard for me on what the impact I'm making on the world. Because when I made $100,000 in my coaching business, I had a level of impact in the world. I was helping, you know, at that point I was helping five clients really grow. Now making six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars in my business, I'm helping more clients grow. I'm helping more businesses get bigger, which are making a bigger impact in the world. So money is a scoreboard, but money is not my measure of success anymore. My measure of success is completely different. It's completely swung away from money and it's more about freedom, which I think is the most important thing to realize about entrepreneurship. If you're an entrepreneur and you don't feel free, then you just have a really expensive job. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people go into it. Definitely why I have always been driven to uh, entrepreneurship is because of that ability to not necessarily at the beginning, but definitely to get to that point where you do feel free, where you have that freedom. But just when you were in that transition and going in all in, did you have any doubts? Did you have, were you, were you nervous? Were you worried about things? Yeah, I, I think if you don't have doubt, you're, you're not human. I mean, you have to understand that every time you transition something, you can convince yourself and tell yourself as much as you want, you don't have doubt. But the fact that you're telling yourself you don't have doubt tells me you have doubt because you wouldn't be telling yourself that if it wasn't true. So I, I had tons of doubt. I did not know how this was going to happen. I had no idea where my next client, where my next money was coming from. No clue. I was hoping to be making, you know, Five to 10,000 a month was my goal. And this was, that was scary to get to that level. And I'm at a point where we, you know, consistently for the last four or five months, we've had $100,000 months. Like we've had five or six figure months consistently. And that to me blows my mind. I never knew how that would happen. But I think that's what let me get there because I was willing to do it without knowing how. Yeah. If you want to know how everything will happen, invent a time machine because that is the only way you'll ever figure it out. Otherwise you'll sit there in pain trying to figure it out and you won't take the action because you're trying to figure out how, what if you just start showing up? What if you just start doing things? What if you just start trying some action because how, and I firmly believe this, how is the gift you get after you've achieved it? Yeah. Well, I always look at building, building furniture, right? If you've ever shopped at Ikea before, you know, the frustration of building furniture So you get this box, it's supposed to be a dresser and the box is like this big and it's like, how is a dresser inside of that box? And so you have to build it. The first time you build that dresser will be the most painful experience you can imagine. Yeah. But if you had to build two dressers, the second one would be easier. If you had to build three, it would be much quicker. If you had to build four, you could probably do it with your eyes closed and no instructions. So that first dresser is you building your business. It's going to be painful. You don't know how to do it, but you just have to start unpacking the box. You have to start putting things together. You have to start putting a screw in these little things. And when you're done that dresser, you will know exactly how to assemble it, but you don't know how until you're done. Yeah. It's almost like training your body again. It's the memory muscle that comes that, exactly. that back in. So for me growing multiple businesses, yes, I know 
how to do things, but I think I know how to do things wrong more than I know how to do things right. And although I've, I've achieved the levels I wanted to achieve in the businesses I've been in, I've learned how to do things multiple ways wrong. I've mm. learned, you know, like Edison says, he learned 900 ways how not to build a light bulb or how not to make a light bulb, right? It's the same way. I've learned so many ways not to build a successful business, even though they've hit the goals, they're just the wrong way to do it. That this time I feel like I've applied all those lessons and I still make mistakes along the way, of course, but I'm way more willing to learn from them at this point than I was in the past. It's a totally different experience for me. Yeah. And how have you found recently the, you spoke before about balance and enjoying the sort of work-life balance. How did that, when you first started off and went all in, how was the balance there for anyone who's listening, who's actually starting a business compared to what you have now? So I, I believe everybody has a fuel tank and think about it like gas in your car. Your tank is full. You go into work and you drain your tank down. Some days you drain it down a quarter, some days you drain it down half. What people believe is you only fill your tank when it's empty. And so the way I used to build businesses is I would go in with a full tank, really excited, really motivated, really inspired, and I would run on empty for like a year. I would drain my tank, I wouldn't take time to fill it back up, and I would just be like, oh, I can get a couple more miles out of this, I can get a couple more miles, and just keep pushing. Anyone who knows you drive a tank on empty for too long, you're going to damage your engine, you're going to damage your car. It's the same thing with your balance. What I now believe is that when my tank is full, I perform at my best. So if I drain my tank by a quarter, I go fill it back up. And draining my tank is things that I need to do and filling my tank is things that I want to do. That's the difference. So there's a lot of things in my business that I want to do. So it actually fills my tank to work in my business. There's a lot of things in my business that I need to do, which empties my tank. Things that fill my tank are also my kids, my family, vacations, traveling, hanging out with them, driving a, a nice car. These are things that I enjoy, and so they fill my tank, so I make sure they're there. I never, here's my rule, I never want to be less than half a tank. And this is something that when I started my business, I decided right up front. I'm never going to go to empty. So I might work hard in the beginning, yes, but when I get to half a tank, I have to be willing to step away from my desk for a minute. And it's so interesting because even when I coach, and there are days when I'll have nine coaching clients in a row. Like I'll be coaching for nine hours straight in, in an office sitting in this room. And so I did a couple things for myself because I realized I had to fill my tank. Number one, I bought a treadmill and put it right next to my desk. So I have a treadmill here right underneath the window so that if I'm done a call and I'm feeling low energy, I step on that treadmill for three minutes at high speed and I just run or I just walk or I just do something to get my energy back up because the physiology will start to work in my body. Second thing I do is when I'm done a call, at the end of every call, I have to leave my office. I don't care where I go. I sometimes just go and say hi to my family because I get to work from home. So I'll just pop in and everybody's home right now, which is great. I just pop in where the kids are and just say hi to them. What are they up to? I, I grab a drink of water. I say hi to my wife, give her a kiss, come back down to my office, start my next call. That immediate thing puts my tank back up. And so even though I'm sitting there with clients and some of it may drain my tank a little bit, if we're dealing with growing a business and we're really working hard, I make sure I fill the tank. So when you're starting your business, one of the things I want you to, anyone out there to remember is you don't have to drain your tank to start your business. You have to set some rules. 
And your business will still grow if you go and refill yourself once in a while. You don't have to go. I mean, you were talking about like uh, having a sitting down and then having a call with someone and then being able to get up and then come back. But what did it look like for you at the beginning? Was it the case that you, I mean, for example, for me, I will on average say, right, I'm going to start work at this time and I'm going to finish work at this time. Now that isn't always the case. Sometimes I start work a little later Uh, And then I finish quite late into the evening, but I will try my best to kind of say, right, by latest seven o'clock, I'm done. I'm out the office and I'm not looking at the phone and I'm not looking at the computer and I need to go for a walk and I need to kind of just clear my head. And I tried to kind of make that work. So that's sort of for me filling my tank. How did it look for you? Yeah. So it's one thing to say that you'll start working a certain time and end at a certain time. It's another thing to do it and to honor that. So what it looked like for me was really simple. I found at the very beginning of starting my business, and this is why I work with so many clients on it, the number one thing that was required in my business was discipline. If I did not do what I say I was going to do, I would not succeed. I knew that from all the other businesses. That was one thing that always carried forward. If you do what you say you'll do, you'll succeed. So this time I started to say different things. I started to say, at five o'clock, I'm going to stop working no matter what. I don't care what role I'm on. I don't care what I'm working on. I know that. What happened was my brain started to get trained that by instead of at three o'clock to start to get really inspired, my brain started to go to work at noon because it felt, it felt urgency that I only had until five to get this stuff done. And so I, I was more productive. I started to set boundaries about my work that, okay, I'm going to give myself an hour to do this one task. I don't know if it takes an hour. I have no idea, but I'm only giving myself an hour. So I'm going to do the best I can in the hour. And I would do that task. And then when that hour was up, I stopped. That was it. I moved on to something else because I gave myself an hour. So at the beginning of anything, to fill your tank, to, to make it successful, to do any of this stuff, to find a balance, you need discipline. Because if I bought a treadmill and said, every time I feel low energy, I'm going to get on it. And I never got on it. It, would, it wouldn't serve its purpose. It wouldn't do what I bought it to do. If I didn't leave my office after every call to go and say hi to people or just to get some fresh air or just to see the sunshine for a minute, if I didn't do that, it's a great idea, but I would never see the benefit of it. Yeah. And do discipline you, is absolutely, absolutely key for me. So do, when you planned your week and when you plan your week, do you take pockets out of your day and say, right, that's my time from lunch that's my time for my family and this is the time these are the hours that I'm working and that's it absolutely I schedule it all because and it's not scheduled to here's what I'm going to do with my family I just block time where I go like for instance I never will have a call between 3 p.m and 4 p.m between 3 p.m and 4 p.m any day anytime I will never have a call during the week because my kids get out of school at 310 and when I started this business in January Um, in January of this year, I put this rule in my business because I really wanted to have it. And the kids were still in school at that point. Um, one of my dreams was to always pick up my kids from school, to be there every night and pick up my kids from school. So I let, I made my schedule that from three to 4 PM, Monday to Friday, no one could ever book a call. No way, no how, because at 310, I wanted to be outside of the school, willing to pick up my kids and say, how was school? How did things go? Let's go home. And then that whole time between 310 and four o'clock. I could grab them a snack. I could start to talk with them. They could see them here. What my kids have learned is entrepreneurship means working hard, but it doesn't mean always working. Yeah. And that's something that I'm really, really aware of to show them. Yeah. 
So tell me, do you have any rituals that you'll do in the day? Do you, do you have a certain process that you have in the morning? Uh, uh, what do you do? So I, I call them anchors. I know that if I anchor my day, everything else will be fine. Um, so one of the things I do is I, I love to walk in the morning. Um, so I, no matter what time my first call is, I know that I have to walk. Um, so I always reverse engineer everything and I go, okay, what time do I need to get up in order to walk and also have some time before my call to write my notes? So my morning routine is very simple. I get up, um, you know, get dressed, go for the walk right away before my brain kicks in and convinces me don't go for the walk today. I just get out and start walking and get that done. I come back home and then I start looking at my calendar for the day because I don't want to worry about my calendar on my walk. I really just want my walk to be open thinking time, easy time. My wife um, comes with me on the walk every day as well. So we get a chance to connect first thing in the morning. The kids are still asleep. Everyone is, you know, we're not worried about the baby or anything at that point. We just get to go for a walk. I come back, look at my calendar when I get home, and then I start writing my notes for the day, start prepping for my calls, start looking at what I have to do, start preparing everything else. And then I, I work straight through until midday, take a break midday, then I work straight through till three o'clock. And then at three o'clock now, because I have my break between three and four every day, I actually stop at three and I, I start again after dinner. And so between three and usually five, I'm with the family upstairs. We're making dinner, we're making plans, whatever the case. And um, I finish up whatever I have to do in the evening, a little bit of time in the evening after dinner. And then I, I head up to bed. And bed for me is, you know, go upstairs at 7, 38 o'clock. Um, and at that point, I'm usually hanging out with the family again. And so my life is really a balance between spending time with the family and spending time um, in my business. And every once in a while, I know that sometimes filling my tank means to be selfish because I'm okay with that. And I need to do something for myself. And so I'll schedule that and go do it. But um, it is definitely a requirement to make sure you're finding that balance. And my, my calendar is very simple. I have two, two colors. One is work, one is personal. And I make sure that my day has a balance of both. I think 50% of your waking hours should be spent filling your tank and 50% of your waking hours should be emptying your tank. And if you're spending 90% emptying your tank and 10% filling your tank, there's a problem. You're going to eventually run out. Yeah. Then suddenly the balance goes yeah. work life balance, but the balance of your, your system goes. Absolutely. Tell me, how does your, you know, you obviously lead your business extremely well and you have all this experience in terms of running businesses. How does that convert into your private life. I know you were talking about working with the kids. Are you the leader in the family? Do you, do, are you the one organizing everything or is, I, do you I've been married long enough to know I'm not the leader in my family. <laughs> my wife is the leader of our family, but I am the planner. I am the guy who takes charge. I am the guy, if we're going to go somewhere, I, I work it all out. If, if the simple question of what's for dinner, I'm the guy who's got to figure it out because <laughs> nobody else will figure it out. And so I take the lead on a lot of things. I think naturally I just lead. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny. If we show up to a group event, everyone assumes I'm going to figure out what we do. Everyone assumes I'm going to figure out what time we leave. Like we talk to friends about going to a concert. People will be like, all right, Dave, so where will we go for dinner and what will we do? And it's just like, okay, well, I guess I'll figure it out. And I resisted that for a long time because I felt pressure to figure things out. And then I just realized, I think naturally people just see me as a leader. And whenever I'm in a group, I somehow always end up taking lead. Not because I take it, because I think people just want me to show that and, and, and experience that. And, and I'm okay with it now. I, I wasn't always okay with it. But I think 
how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if I lead in business, I think I end up leading in a lot of places in life. I think if you're a leader, you're just a leader. It's not it, just to do with work. And what would you say was your leadership style? So I like to call this, and, and I was thinking about that recently. I like to call my leadership style active. Um, and it's really based on the servant leadership model. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what servant leadership is, you need to explore this mentality. Servant leadership is really just about, um, you know, being in front with everybody, you know, and there's this great poster that really shows the difference. And it's this Roman chariot with like eight guards pulling the chariot. And there's a guy sitting in a chariot who's the leader. And that's called leadership. And then underneath, there's another picture of the chariot with all the eight guards pulling it. And the chair is empty. And the leader this time is standing in front of all the guards holding the chariot and pulling with them. That's called servant leadership. You don't have to be sitting back and watching everything happen in order to be a leader. I believe you have to be active in your leadership, which means there is nothing, and this is across the board in all businesses I've been in, there is nothing that was too small for me. There was no job that was beneath me. If it meant sweeping a floor, I swept the floor. If it meant you know, getting involved with what people were doing and actually doing their job, at the very beginning, the, the first business I started was a call center. And I believed if I didn't work the phones with everybody else, I could never lead that business. And so I, I started in that business on the phones because and I worked all the way up through every job. And I believe that helped me tremendously because I could work back to an employee and say to them, you need to do this on the phones differently. And when they said why, I would say, because that's, that's how I found it most successful when I was on the phones. Not that's what I think is best. Not that's what the books tell me is best. Not that's what just because I decided it, it's because I've worked that job and I know that brings a different outcome and that's the outcome we want. So even in my coaching business, you know, at the beginning I built my own website and then I hired a team to do my website. And so now I have this fantastic team out there who does all my web work. Um, social media, I used to try to do it myself and now I'm engaging people to do branding and social media for me. Um, you know, everything that I've looked at, I've had to do myself first to figure it out. But then when you get to the right point, let your team do it, but let them know you know what's happening because you've done it before yourself too. Yeah, do you know, funny enough, when you were talking about that, I was, I mean, it's really popular at the moment. Everyone's on Netflix and watching that, but I was just watching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan. And yeah. he said, yeah, I was harsh on the team, but I was harsh, but I never ever told anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Exactly. And the key to servant leadership is, and, I, and this is why it works so well in my business, because I look at all my clients that I have to be a leader for them as well. It's not just the people that work in my business. It's all of my clients I have to lead. And so when I wake up in the morning, my first thoughts are not, um, how do I lead my clients? Because I don't want to lead them. As a coach, I shouldn't lead my clients anywhere. My question really comes, how do I serve my clients today? And if you figure out how to serve your people, how to serve your team, how to serve your clients, if you find the formula to serve them best, you will be more successful than you ever imagined. If you try to lead everybody, you will not be successful. You have to serve them. I think we're nearly done with this podcast, but that is almost a great way to end. Yeah. Um, I've got a few quick fire questions for you. Sure. But fun. So I will just reel them out. So tell me, describe yourself in three words. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, confident structured, focused. Okay. What would you say is your weirdest quirk? Um, uh, my, my need for evenness in my OCD, like 
if I tap my fingers, I have to tap them twice or four times or six times. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what are you currently reading? Um, I'm reading The Alter Ego Effect by Todd Harmon, and I'm reading it for the second time. It's a really, really good book. I know that one. Yeah. Um, so last question. If you had a yacht, what would you call it? Um, it's so funny because I talk about boat names so much with my wife because I want a boat and she does not. And so I, I always do it. Um, but I think I would call it misunderstood. I like that. M-I-S-S -S understood because I think for a long time I was misunderstood. I think for a long time people misunderstood what success was. And I think I've actually understand a lot more today than I ever have, but I'm okay with being misunderstood. And your mission in life is? To serve every single person I possibly can. If I can serve everybody, I promise you, I will have everything I ever need in life. And what has So Driven given you? Um, so Driven has given me the right ways to do things and the wrong ways to do things. And I think you have to understand and accept both. And if you don't accept that there are lessons in life and success in life, um, you're, you're going to constantly, you're never going to learn the lesson. Like you have to be willing to learn the lesson. You have to be willing to learn the lesson. Dave Marino, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you? So they can go online, uh, www.davemoreno.ca. That's M-O-R-E-N-O.ca. So uh, you can check that out online. You can also um, find me on Instagram at Dave Moreno Coaching. Lovely. And you have, you have a great podcast too. Yeah. Entrepreneurs Only is my podcast. Uh, it's focused on growing your business and dealing with all the BS that comes with being your own boss because there's a lot of it. <laughs> there certainly is. Thank you so much for your time today and great knowledge. And uh, yeah, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. It is always so good talking to Coach Dave. So much valuable insight for anyone who wants to build their business or their reputation, whether that's professionally or in life. I started to listen to that 45 minutes again and wanted to summarize everything for you. The first thing that really stuck in my mind was make a decision, stick with it consistently and don't change your mind. Number two, stop chasing money and start to chase value. If you can show the world a ton of value and share it, the world will find the real value in working with you. Number three, go all in on you. Observe the way you look at success. For Dave, money is a scoreboard, but the measurement of success comes from freedom. If you don't have that freedom as a business owner, you just have a very expensive job. Freedom is about the ability to love your work and integrate it with your life, love your life and make work surround that. That ability to invest in things that grow your business, your life and ultimately you. Number four, for anyone out there who has doubt in their ability, who doubts what they're doing with their business, who may even feel like they have imposter syndrome. As Dave said, you are not a human if you don't have doubt, but with belief in your mission, with action, with making mistakes and failing, that doubt starts to become less comfortable. It will always be there with every significant step that you take, but it's the confidence that builds. 
Number five, be willing to learn how to do the things wrong. Be willing to take action without the how. As Dave said, how is the gift you get after you achieve it? Imagine looking back at something big that you have achieved that you didn't think that you could do. You probably could write an instruction manual for it, right? It doesn't mean that that's the only way to get there, but that's your way. That's the way that you understand and you have experienced it. Now think about a task ahead. Like they've said, you're going to learn many ways on how to do it. But with each way you try and each way that you fail, you get another step closer to getting to your destination. Another step on discovering the how. You must be willing to release the want to know the how. So often I speak to potential clients that are interested in working with me and they want to know the exact blueprint, the instruction manual on how to get to a place where they have a successful business. But without the willingness to fail and to do the wrong thing, without the discomfort of doubt and without the belief in yourself to succeed, the how will never materialize. Number six, to press ahead and make change in your life, you need discipline. For Dave to create that in his life, he needs to have a full tank. His life and work needs to be balanced and he commits to setting himself guidelines and disciplines himself to stick to them. He has learned that entrepreneurship means working hard. It doesn't mean always working. For him, a leader is just not a leader at work, but a leader in life. So ask yourself these questions, a few actionables again for you. What do I believe in? Do I believe in myself? Am I willing to go all in and give up the need to know the how and see through the doubt and the failure? What does it take for me to be a great leader? And finally, what rituals am I going to practice daily to make this happen for me? Well, that's it from me today. Thanks to my guest, Dave Moreno, who brings so much light and joy and value to this podcast. If you would like to know more about Dave Moreno, if you would like to follow him or listen to his fantastic podcast, please head over to my website where you'll find all his information. That's www.serenadodd.com forward slash podcast. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please head over to Apple Podcasts, rate this podcast and write an honest review. I would be extremely appreciative. And each week you'll be entered into a draw where you can win my goal setting program, Mission 30. Well, that's it from me today. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Thank you again to my guest, Dave Moreno. And I hope you are taking lead of your day and making it so driven. driven.